everyone. Welcome to What Really Works, a mental health podcast for young adults and youth. In these podcasts, you can expect to hear us chat about mental health and provide well-being tips and tricks with the odd joke thrown in. What Really Works is brought to you by Discovery College, an initiative run by the Canadian Mental Health Association, Kelowna, where lived and living experience and learned experience informs everything we do. Now let's get started with today's episode. It's our What Really Works Halloween special! Hello, What Really Works listeners. It's Spooky Becky and Spooky Olivia here. Spooky, spooky! (laughs) I hope everyone's feeling really terrified after that introduction. (laughs) (laughs) Today we're going to be discussing probably one of my favorite things to discuss, and that is horror and scary movies and shows and just all things spooky related to... Mental health and mental health challenges and the portrayal of the of that within, you know, popular scary culture. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like everybody's listening is probably like, how do you have a Halloween special when you are a mental health podcast? Well, just you wait and see. Well, let's get into it right now. So hang on. Okay. I just want to say, I just need to set the scene. This oh, is our Halloween. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a Halloween special. Okay. Which means I know you can't see us because you are just listening to us but we are in our halloween outfits we are witches we are witches so we've got our witch hats on we've got our capes on all special from the dollar store <laughs> real classy and fancy over here but you know you gotta had to get into the mindset of spooky spooky yeah for sure to talk about the scary things of horror films and the horrifying portrayal of mental health and mental health challenges. Yeah. So let's get right into it because I've been stoked to talk about this. I love all things scary. Huge horror movie fan. Um, And Becky actually suggested to me that I watch Shutter Island, which I had never seen before. I watched it in preparation for this episode. And I have to say, I kind of liked it. I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad film. I know, it's a pretty I never, good film. Never said it's a bad film. No, but it, it is. A, I don't know what rating it is, but if you, you know, some people may be too young to watch that film, so just bear that in mind. Yeah, I think it's R. <laughs> I I don't understand Canadian movie ratings. It just means restricted, so okay. you have to be eighteen and older to watch it. Technically, so if you are a listener, it's scary. Yeah, if you are a listener and you are not at that age range, there will be other movies that are within your age range that are scary and also will show mental health in a bad limelight. So. It is all relevant. Just make an informed decision on the movies that you're watching according to where you're at in your life. And if you hate scary movies, then don't watch scary movies. But so Shutter Shutter Island, Island. (laughs) what did you think? Because, you know, you you could say that there's some bad portrayals of mental health and mental health challenges in that movie. But, you know, I was kind of grasping at straws a little bit because I liked it. I found it was... It was interesting. I mean, it's definitely an interesting film. So if you haven't seen Shutter Island, just to kind of give a brief description of the movie. Maybe spoiler alert, just in case. Yeah, spoiler alert. But essentially, it's about um, this man who goes through something incredibly traumatic during his life. And in order to be able to continue and stay away from that trauma, he creates himself another personality. Correct? Is that how you describe it? Um, well, the movie claims it it's uh, psychosis. Oh, okay. Psychosis and schizophrenia is the yes, mo- yes. what the movie portrays. Yes. Um, supposedly. Supposedly. 
And I don't. What did you think of the portrayal? Uh, I have some strong thoughts. Okay, give me your strong thoughts. Uh, I feel it was sensationalizing a mental health challenge. True. Um, and I thought it was rather stigmatizing. Okay, why? Because this is something that a lot of horror slash psychological thriller films really go on go into and is if you have a traumatic event happen in your life it seems to directly then lead to you then experiencing a mental health challenge um generally a mental health challenge that probably if we're going with pop culture something around schizophrenia or living with psychosis Mm -hmm. maybe living with dissociative identity disorder Um, And then that leading to a person being violent or having very extreme behavior. Mm -hmm. And I think Shutter Island does that very blatantly. Yeah. My mind immediately went to split with the portrayal of disassociative identity disorder where the main character is extremely violent, right? Like Mm. serial killer type vibes. Whereas in Shutter Island, this portrayal is a little bit more mellow. And it's to me, it felt more understandable because his violence towards the end because throughout the entire time he's kind of being messed with a little bit by outside forces well yeah and then that comes into another bit of classic pop culture and horror story stigmatization of if you're a mental health professional you are a bad person and if that is true right yeah and if you are a person who, yeah, a mental health professional. Psychiatrists come off pretty bad in horror movies, generally. And also the actual places that they are based in as well, right? So whether yes. it is a psychiatric hospital or unit or a institution, they are so often the settings of horror movies and scary movies. Oh, asylums? Yeah, like that's what... That's the portrayal, essentially, is mm-hmm. like as like an asylum. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that that's one of the main settings that takes place for like haunted houses is a like haunted asylum. And essentially, there's nothing haunted about it. It's not like there's like ghosts in the haunted asylum haunted house. It's just a whole bunch of individuals that are portrayed as having severe mental health challenges that are out to kill you, which is... <laughs> totally accurate it's so like (laughs) honestly it's honestly ridiculous yeah it's so so stigmatized i'm gonna use the word stigmatizing about 472 times in this episode so be aware for that everybody but yeah and just like this portrayal that like if you go to a unit or a hospital or a place that is for people having a hard time with their mental health it is that it's this absolutely horrifying place is so stigmatizing because, and we'll delve into this later on in this episode, but the thing is, is that most people get their information from pop culture. Most people get their information from movies and TV. So if all we ever see is a place where somebody might go to receive support for their mental health challenge is this absolutely terrifying place and that's how a lot of people then view it and then it then is carried on right into our real lives where like you say like haunted houses are often like based in a psychiatric unit and these kind of things so just that in itself is that's scary yeah and also the fact that 
you know, mental health practitioners or doctors or psychiatrists are often portrayed as like mad scientists that Mm -hmm. are trying to mess with you and like change your brain and like all of these really horrible ideas when in actuality it's just a supportive person who's trying to help us with the things that so many people go through. I think that's the thing, right? People say, like, I don't know, the Hippocratic Oath seems to have, like, been always thrown out of the window when it comes to horror movies. Oh, yeah. You know, what also is a common place within horror films that I hate? Mm. Psychopathy. Oh, yeah. Which most people will probably be thinking, why are you saying psychopathy, not psychopaths? Psychopathy is the term. (laughs) psychopathy is just is using person first language mm-hmm. for a start calling somebody a psychopath is don't not, do that yeah it's not kind generally inaccurate when anybody says that for a start um psychopathy is something that is described as on a scale and for listeners who don't know my background is actually in forensic psychology so it's something i guess that really like Fires Becky yes. up. She looks fired up right now. <laughs> fired up. And I'm like, I'm going to talk about psychopathy. Tell us. Um, yeah, it's, it's a scale. And I think there is definitely, people think of anybody with high levels of psychopathy as somebody who is like willing to walk all over an individual, right, and news people. And that is definitely what is taken into account when putting people on the scale of Maybe not putting people on the scale, uh, measuring people's behavior on the psychopathy scale. But there are also a lot of things that are measured on the psychopathy scale that people would see as extremely valuable in lives. So things like thrill seeking, things like being very charismatic. People quite often think a psychopathy is always really bad and don't get me wrong people with high levels of psychopathy sometimes do have a pretty tough time with that and aren't always the best people however there are people with high levels of psychopathy who are extremely successful in their lives people who are extremely successful in the way and desirable in the way that society sees things there are a lot of roles in life where actually having psychopathy is very useful and helps you be very successful in that role Mm -hmm. Versus the way that TV and media and pop culture portray psychopathy is it makes you an extremely dangerous and violent person. It makes you a serial killer, essentially, is how they portray it. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, people with high levels of psychopathy, that's generally not the case. As with anything, when, you know, we have to bear in mind that, you know, when people commit violent crimes, that is a relatively rare thing. Very rare. Very, very rare. And it's so funny that it's portrayed as, like, something that happens so frequently. And apparently it happens so frequently just within the community of individuals that suffer from mental health challenges. So both of which are so false. So inaccurate. So inaccurate. In fact, somebody living with a mental health challenge is more likely, far more likely, to be a victim of a crime than to commit a crime. Absolutely. Um, And there is a lot of research out there demonstrating that so I think what I what I'm talking about is maybe when I'm saying like you know my background is in forensic psychology and that's why when people talk about psychopathy inaccurately can really get me fired up is this idea of using things like media scary movies scary tv to base our opinion and knowledge on yeah like that have you seen that new show ratchet on netflix I have 
What do you think about that one? <laughs> I feel like you're like just trying to like poke the bear. Right I am. There. Becky's eyes just like went so wide. And you know what the most unfortunate thing is, is within media and especially social media, there's a lot of wonderful campaigns right now to, you know, destigmatize mental health and to just really move forward with our language and how we think about mental health. And then all of a sudden you get a new show like Ratchet, which is in the top 10 was shows top on Netflix. Top 10 shows on Netflix just released. Millions of people would have seen it by now. And the way that they portray mental health is horrifying. Yep. Yep. That That's pretty much all. I mean, so it's like sometimes it can feel as though we're taking two steps forward and then 10 steps backwards. It just takes one thing that is popular and reaches a lot of people to undo everything that organizations like CMHA or nonprofits or individuals in their daily lives work so hard to try to get rid of. And so this is something that I've had a lot of conversations with about people before and people have been like, well, is it necessarily an inaccurate portrayal of like the past? We have come leaps and bounds when it comes to supporting people living with mental health challenges. But I'm not going to deny in the past, like, you know, it would have been absolutely horrific to have been sent to a place involuntary due to your mental health challenge in the past. And that's where the problem is, is we are sensationalizing and making so much enjoyment out of something that people historically have been ostracized from society for. People have been horrifically abused for. And it then is shown as entertainment and it's not shown as this terrible thing that has happened. It's there just for viewers' enjoyment. And that's where my problem is. Yeah, I completely agree. I would really love to see some sort of, you know, documentary or exploration of that lived and living experience of individuals that have really have gone through systems like that and come out the other side and tell their stories about how that impacted them and just how (laughs) not great it is. You know, we're not going to sit here and sugarcoat things and say that it's always rainbows and butterflies. But like you say, Olivia, I think what's important is 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 to do our own fact finding, Mm -hmm. to actually listen to the people who have experienced these things um and you've pointed out a really great resource for that before um which is special books by special kids yeah thank you for that and there are some really really great interviews with people who have lived experience of living with schizophrenia and living with psychosis and living with dissociative identity disorder and many other mental health challenges or other challenges in their lives and they're talking quite openly about their experience of that and how they find that and that is far more informative than a horror movie. Yeah and we don't you know I said at the beginning I love horror movies right so we don't want to come in here and just totally be like never watch horror movies again because of the way that they portray (laughs) mental health challenges like just explore it a little bit. You know, when you are watching these movies, think critically afterwards about what it was that you just saw, how it might impact a certain population. And I think that's something that we need to do with any media that we are consuming, especially with films, because it's so easy to have the ideas that are, you know, portrayed to us in a film go into our heads and then stay there and never really question what we've just seen. And I think that's so important is, you know, to chat with a friend about it. You know, what did you think about that? And 
maybe journal about it. How did I feel about the portrayal of schizophrenia in Shutter Island? What are the things I liked? What are the things I didn't like? What do I think was okay? What do I think is not okay? Why do I think it's not okay? You know, and do that with everything that we're seeing and watching and reading, whether it's the news, social media, a a movie, a book, a podcast, you know, I encourage people to take notes on our podcast, you know, and then think about what you agree with, what you don't agree with. And think critically is the most important thing. Yeah, because that kind of goes back to the idea of, you know, if we don't think critically about these things, then what are we left with? What are our perceptions we're left with? What are our views that we're left with? And what are these things that we think as facts that we're left with? There was a really great piece of research done by The Lancet, actually, which is around um, the way that horror movies in particular portray uh, mental health challenges. And they had a really great line, which I'm going to read, basically about the idea of is getting all of our information from these TV shows and horror films. And basically saying horror movies that do stigmatize um, mental health challenges are encouraging harmful stereotypes and it's complacent because fictional constructs bleed into real life perceptions. So the things that we're watching on TV quite often do end up kind of accidentally coming into the way that we think about things. And that's why it's so important what you're saying, Olivia, about like we want to engage critically with these things and not just things even related to mental health challenges, but anything that people, that could be seen as really hard for people to go by that we don't understand. We need to engage with it critically and be like, okay, what do I, what's missing from my knowledge here? Yeah. You know, and it's not even just the way that we, that we engage critically with things, but also trying to approach that material with empathy and um, an empathetic lens. I'll share. So I actually struggle with um, bipolar which isn't something that I've talked about on the podcast before. I usually say, yeah, I struggle with anxiety and depression and a few other things because it's something that I'm still, that I'm embarrassed about. Um, To be honest, sometimes I get embarrassed about it. Um, And it's one of those things that's harder for me to be open and honest about, but I will now. And sometimes, you know, sometimes it really hurts the way that bipolar is portrayed within movies and TV and um, just within popular culture in general of like bipolar individuals being extremely unpredictable and like they're always the the like teenage girl that all of a sudden is like kind of chill but then just screaming and slamming doors being totally unreasonable and I see that I'm like I don't, you know, I don't do that. Like maybe that's how it happens for some people, but most of the time the portrayals of bipolar are like incredibly out of proportion of what actually happens within people's lives. And it happens in the same thing with like spooky, spooky movies about bipolar. Thank you for sharing that, Olivia. I know that, You're welcome. you know, feels huge. But I think, you know, like you say, just any kind of extra, Maybe not even extreme isn't even the word half the time, but things like extreme behavior or things that might be deemed out of like the norm in that very moment of time on horror movies or just like you say, normal kind of TV shows always seem to be put down to the like a person with a 
living with a mental health challenge. Yeah, and they always focus on the negative, which I think is what really bugs me. Is like everything is negative if you have a mental health challenge. There's nothing that is beneficial or positive or like normal. You know, everything has to be in this negative light. Oh, there's like then the absolute polar opposite. Oh yeah, true. Where it's like a Ooh, superpower. You have a superpower. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is it, oh, it's, it's not a horror film. It's, is it called Monk? And it's like a detective series. And the main character lives with obsessive compulsive disorder. And the whole TV series is literally centered around how him living with obsessive compulsive disorder makes him basically the superhero and absolutely incredible in his job. It's like, really? Really? Were you, were you going down that route? But even if you think about that, like OCD is something that I would say most individuals don't view as as one of the more like negative or like potentially violent mental health challenges right like that's one of the one it's always it's always schizophrenia um disassociative identity disorder and bipolar and what else like those are all the ones that are like people associate as being like really terrible and yeah and like society seems to have created this weird hierarchy yeah and i think they've created it through popular culture a little bit you know like it's no wonder that you have a show that portrays ocd as someone with a superpower and another show that portrays someone with psychosis as a serial killer and why we have these views about different mental health challenges yeah and the problem is is it's just how common it is yeah that's a good point and you know like we said before, we're not going to sit here and say like, oh, like pop culture needs to be perfect. But it just, I think it just it needs, needs to be better though. Yeah. It needs to be aware of what it's doing. It needs to be aware of the implications. I mean, not that anybody in Hollywood's going to be sat listening to our podcast right now, but that's then why it comes down to us as individuals ourselves to kind of critique these things. And, you know, we can still sit and watch these things, but also just be aware of like what we're taking in. And also be aware of what others might be feeling if you're watching something like that together. You know, just being aware of what might be triggering for someone, what might be potentially traumatic for someone to to watch or hear um, or see. Yeah, you know what we do need? Um, we need more movies like Frozen. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> so... For all of you people who have seen Frozen out there, I'm sure that you're like, what are you talking about, Olivia? Well, I'm here to let you know that Frozen is one of the movies that I have enjoyed the portrayal of mental health challenges the most. Um, It's not immediately obvious, but there is a lens which you can look at Frozen and think of Elsa as someone who experiences anxiety. Um, So throughout the movie, we watch Elsa journey through you know this battle with depression and anxiety and she initially believes that her ice powers which are controlled by her emotions make her a really bad person because her emotions are out of control and when her emotions are out of control her you know her ice powers are are kind of coming to coming out but then throughout her journey she realizes that she can you know have her emotions at the same time as being able to utilize her powers and also gains better control over her powers the more she begins to explore her identity and really come to her own and have confidence in herself and work on a lot of things that I would classify as self-care and it's actually really beautiful 
and you know she her powers don't go away there's still um some room for growth at the end of the movie where you know her powers she's they're still not completely in control um and it's something that she'll always live with there's not like a cure for her powers but she begins to embrace them um so you can look at it as embracing that anxiety and that depression that she struggled with in the beginning i I, hope that made sense yeah i have never thought of frozen like that but I love it. It's a great way to start a conversation, right? Especially a great way to start a conversation with younger people. Also, that what's that other movie? Um, Inside Out. Inside Out is so Ooh, great, yeah. right? Because it shows how we all have different emotions and different emotions take control at various points in our life um, and what those emotions do to us. And that's all related to mental health and mental wellness. And that's a really, that's a good one. I really like that. And that is a really great example of you critically looking at a film. Yes, it is. Why, thank you. You are welcome. Yeah, that's a really great way of being like, oh, like this is how I'm viewing this. I love that. And it's kind of fun, you know? It's fun to to dissect these movies and see what themes are running through and how they're portraying different things like mental health. But you can also look for other things within movies, different themes and topics and areas of discussion. I was trying to think of a horror movie or scary movie that I do like the portrayal of a mental health challenge in. But if I'm being completely honest, I can't really think of one, which is saying a lot because I watch a lot of scary movies. So, you know, if the listeners, if you have any horror fans out there and you know of a movie that actually has a pretty decent portrayal of a mental health challenge in your eyes, send us an email. I'd love to hear about it. Yeah, I would actually love to know. Yeah. Right, because you know maybe there is one out there and we're missing it. But well, yeah, or even not even a whole movie, but like a section of a movie where they're like, yeah, this is like something I really identified with, or like I found that like was actually quite like knowledgeable and and a good portrayal. So everything doesn't have to be perfect all the time. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody has their own opinion and views, right? You know, I can be sitting here and being like, I hate most horror movies and portrayals of X, Y, and Z, whereas other people might be like, well, you know, I know it's not accurate, but that doesn't mean, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I'm just trying to say. Well, it starts a conversation at least, you know, like at least you can have a conversation and you can end up learning something. Like I learn something every time that we talk about this because you come from a completely different background than I do. Yeah, and I think it goes down to that, like you say, opening those conversations, being open to listening to what other people have to say when their opinion is very different or views very very different. And like you say, having a conversation and saying like, oh, like, that's really interesting. Like, why, why do you think that? Or like, you know, what is it that's like led you to believe that? But, you know, having those conversations and like you say, the more we understand other people's views and opinions, the more that we understand things generally. Yeah. And even in this conversation, I've been like, what did you think of this? And you said, oh, I, I hated it. And I'm like, oh, I kind of liked it for this reason. And yeah. And that's okay, it's though. It's good dialogue. Yeah. So the moral of the story is conversations that matter. And think critically. Just don't get all your information from one source. And happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening to us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. You can find us on all major podcast streaming platforms 
And if you don't want to miss any future episodes, you can follow us or subscribe to What Really Works. To find more from Discovery College, go to discoverycollegecolona.com. And thanks again to Staple Studio in supporting us to produce this podcast.